welcome to episode 117 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm Joel Fallon. And this week, we're going to take a walk into Central Park, <laughs> New York City-flavored episode. We're going to review A Most Violent Year. For the film club segment, we'll be reviewing Do the Right Thing, and our top five will be New York City movies. So how's it going? Good. And you just went down to the ocean for the weekend? Yeah. How was that? It was really nice the first day. Second day it was the day we had to work a little bit and it was cold and water gathering. So I saw some pictures of some miniature golf. Oh yeah. Looked like an off uh, off course shot you were taking. I don't know what was going on. There was like a big loophole and I don't know what I did. I hit it off the wrong way and it went off the course like <laughs> 10 feet into these rocks and I was like play it where it lies play it where it lies <laughs> joking around and I almost I came like literally I saw, <laughs> I saw the video I saw the video ended up winning the whole tournament from uh hitting the free hole in one well done the 19th hole <laughs> way to represent yep <laughs> alright well um let's kick it off with the most violent year this is the movie that Came out at the very end of last year in in time for the award season. This was directed by J.C. Chandor, who also directed um, Margin Call and that Robert Redford movie where he stranded a sea. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, anyway, yeah. that, can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> but uh, we just reviewed it and liked it last year. Uh, this is his third movie. Each of his previous movies were well received, and this one was as well by the critics. So yeah, I was I was looking forward to it. I wasn't a big big fan of Margin Call. I respected that movie more than I liked it. It was about like the financial crisis in Wall Street and all that. It was oh yeah, it was yeah. A heavy script. Why it sounded familiar. I had a hard time following that movie, but it seemed well made, well written. Um, and then as far as I'm looking up the, the movie, All is Lost. That is, uh, okay. <laughs> I like that one a lot better. Um, very visceral movie, well made. Didn't love it, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I, I came in really looking forward to this movie. Two, two of my favorite uh, actors, Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain. How about you? Um, I don't know a whole lot about Oscar Isaac. And... Jessica Chastain, I completely agree with you. She's good. of the newer like actresses. She's phenomenal. Yeah. I really liked uh, her in Zero Dark Thirty, playing like a prominent yeah. female figure. You know what I mean? So, had you heard much about this movie? Where were you going in? Um, I had heard about it. I didn't really know what it was. Besides, you know what would be on the back of the box. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's been a violent year in New York City, and yeah. Yeah, the synopsis says, In New York City, 1981, an ambitious immigrant fights to protect his business and family during the most dangerous year in the city's history. And his business is... Yeah, that's a good description of the movie, though. Exactly. Not necessarily. I mean, it's not getting me hyped, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I guess I just... um, I did... By by the way, I enjoyed this movie, but... um, I guess I thought it'd be about something else. I ended up liking it, but 
Yeah. I was sort of halfway through. was like, wait, what kind of movie is this exactly? <laughs> I wasn't quite sure what to expect because the trailer made it look like a thriller. Reviews I read said it was... I had heard mixed things, like some positive, some negative. The description makes it just seem like, okay, what, yeah. how could this even be a movie? Like Bloodbath or something like that. You yeah, know? And then, so I, I really had no idea, but I enjoyed it quite a bit as well. It's a, it's kind of a novel sort of approach, like <laughs> like literally like a novel, a lot, a lot of dialogue, Yeah, a lot um, more dialogue than action. An interesting vibe look to it, it had like a... I remember saw like The Godfather. Yeah. That same style that it was shot in. And I liked the more realistic crime approach. Because they always make gangsters out to be these kind of like Illuminati, like, they got 10 years plant. Like, I don't know. People just know things that shouldn't be known. And in this, it's just more of like above average business guys that happen to be kind of, kind of shady yeah. dealings. You it know was, what I mean? It wasn't quite at the Godfather Mafia level. It was like, there were hints of that at certain parts of the movie, but this was more of the dirty players. They were just criminals. They were just trying to yeah. do what they could to get ahead with with I, whatever they could. I guess like in terms of Donnie Brasco, they'd be like the unconnected guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, he runs a heating oil business. And man, I didn't know that could be so intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know so many crime figures were... In that business, either. Yeah. I mean, the movie starts off with one of Oscar Isaac's uh, trucks getting hijacked. And I, at that time, I didn't really know what was going on. It took me like 10 or 15 minutes into the movie to finally understand, okay, so that was this and this. And I kind of like that in a movie where they don't sugarcoat it. They don't take you by the hand and say, here is exactly what's going on. They just do an effective scene and trust that you'll catch up by a certain point you know yeah I, I gotta admit about the movie like like I was saying I wasn't sure what kind of movie it was going to be and then like at some point in the movie I was like wait what is this about I ended up liking all of that like my initial reaction was just sort of like what is this exactly but as the movie played out I was like oh this this really works for what they're doing yeah and Oscar Isaac is Pretty great, I thought, as the main character. I thought character. the acting was pretty fantastic, yeah. actually. With at least, like, the main characters. I heard somewhere else that uh, it's the best Al Pacino performance in years. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of thought that was pretty perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he is a very Al Pacino-type character from, like, the 70s or 80s. <laughs> uh, uh, that was great. With the hair and everything. Yeah, whoever did the wardrobe in that movie did a good yeah, job. really authentic. I felt like... Like, even with the, like, turtlenecks that are, like, folded down mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, with the big jacket. Yeah. As for Jessica Chastain, she's probably my favorite actress around right now, but this wasn't my favorite performance of hers. I felt like she was unconvincing at times, trying to be, like, the tough-ass mafia boss yeah. daughter, you know. But still, that's only certain scenes where that happens. She's still solid as ever. Yeah, more often than not, she does a great job, but... Yeah, I agree with you. It was yeah. sort of, uh, yeah, I guess unconvincing is probably the best way to put yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was sort of, I thought that those parts of the movies are kind of random, though. Like, obviously she sort of knew what he was, I don't know. Uh, she was sort of his right hand, but uh, mm -hmm. the top part, 
she had to be the tough guy bringing it out in him or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of, their relationship was kind of weird. Uh, at times it seemed like they were together forever to the end, like real close. At times it seemed like they weren't even husband and wife. Like, yeah, I was actually in the beginning of the movie, I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. If they, they ran were actually married or not. But. It's like, a, I guess it's like any, uh, or a lot of relationships where when you're out in public or with people that know you're together, you look right as rain and uh, happy as to be, <laughs> then as soon as uh, all, all eyes are away, it's just what it is and obviously yeah. wasn't the best. Maybe that's just what business does, like when you're that involved yeah, in business true. together. But I really liked the, that part of the movie, just the marital issues and looking at it in terms of their relationship together. Yeah, I mean, I will say this, when the going got tough, they were in each other's corner. Yeah. Even though they didn't seem like they might be or not. Mm -hmm. Like, a, yeah, I won't give it away, but... And as far as the business goes, it's like, I think the theme of the movie is, this is the American dream. <laughs> and what a dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't just... It, the beauty of the country, at least at this time in uh, our history, was that anybody could come in, start their own business, have it be successful, and make it in the world. Except, I guess, uh, you couldn't make it without, you know, yeah. abusing the system, uh, cutting corners. Screwing someone over. <laughs> uh, laundering money, you know. You had to do anything you could to, to get through, but that was the American dream. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like anyone can buy the business, but anyone can kind of take it away as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily fair. You have people not playing by the rules. You got to do what you got to do to protect your business and your and your family. What did you think about the uh, police in this movie? It was a strange yeah. kind of interaction it was compared a, to most. It was a little odd. Um, I'm, actually, I'm getting them confused with the police from Daredevil, because that's all I've been watching recently, <laughs> so I'm trying to, well, to distinguish. But I do remember, like, the conversation they had with her, and she kind of threatened them yeah. outside. It seemed like they were in his corner. But they weren't in his pocket. Yeah. Like, they were wanted him to be innocent. They wanted him to do good. They're, like, tipping him off, right, at certain parts. Yeah, but they were like, we're going to bring charges yeah. against you. Yeah, so do whatever you have to do. Yeah, so they weren't, like, giving him a pass, but they were giving him time It's to like they knew he was good people, and he meant well, like... Yeah, And he knows there's... They knew there's worse, but they gotta do their job, and it is what it is. Yeah. Even the one guy says in the beginning, you should take it as a compliment. You're big enough yeah. for them to care. Right. Exactly. And then there's that pretty great scene where they show up at the kids' party, and... He's got to go take all the files and hide them. Yeah. I, I thought that was a pretty great scene. Yeah. There was a lot of individually great scenes in this movie, I felt like. Yeah. Um, um, my favorite sequence by far was when he, Oscar Isaac is chasing after somebody later in the movie. Yeah. And just the camera work, the decisions was awesome. Like, there's a, a one point where... He the camera is on Oscar Isaac as he's running like towards the camera and the camera's moving backwards with him. He falls. The camera keeps moving, <laughs> then stops, waits for him to get up. 
he starts running again, and it and it just continues, and it was so seamless. I I, really I was wondering that if show. that wasn't planned, and then just like <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep yeah. going. Either way, I re- I re- it really lent itself to the authenticity. Yeah, I, I like that scene, and I also like the um, when that driver, the one driver he's close with, uh, is about to get hijacked again. The first, yeah, the second time. Yeah, yeah, and then even. I thought it was cool because when the police show up and this does actually seem to happen in real life, like someone can be enemies with someone when cops yeah. are both their enemy, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they're like helping each other out <laughs> to escape, even though they were just shooting, shooting at, at each other. other. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, like, so like, there's certain stuff like that, individual scenes, but as much as I did like the movie, something about it and this something, just with all this guy's movies, like, Something was missing for me to for it to be like a great movie. Yeah, for me you to consider a little it great. salt and pepper. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little more. It had the movie. foundation of a great movie. It really did. But. I'm really, I like at least respect, but mostly like all of this guy's movies. So I hope he just keeps going. Maybe he's got a great movie in him eventually. But at the very least, I can at least respect or like everything he's done. So. Yeah. I hope he uh, has a long career. I think it was just a little drawn out for what it was. And a tad too slow at times, and then for very short periods of time, very fast. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't paced well in that respect. Yeah, it w- that's true. I mean, as interesting as the entire movie was, it was pretty inconsistent yeah, as far as pacing goes. It's a long movie about a very small in terms of scoop topic mm-hmm. in a kind of weird way it wasn't like a bunch of twists and turns I almost would have been better as like a 8 episode HBO series or something yeah you know? like a yeah. like a true detective type thing you know but but I give it this it had gravitas for as small of an issue as it was it made it feel big you felt oh, yeah. you felt the impact of all for all these characters you felt like how important it was to these people so yeah, it that definitely felt make or break. Mm-hmm. And another great scene was when their daughter picks up a gun in the yard. Oh, yeah. That was intense. I was just waiting for something to go wrong. And no, I won't say <laughs> what happened, but I mean, crazy stuff. Like, that was a great, well-directed scene. <laughs> um, let's see. What about... It's called A Most Violent Year, but the main character refuses to use guns. Like, he's like, almost, he he kept saying, no, you can't, do not have a gun on you. And she's like, well, I'm going to protect myself, so I need this. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I I don't know. I didn't think the um, name fit the movie, necessarily. But. It's almost like to throw you off. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, it, it it does have the effect as in like, this is what's affecting his business is just the random crime in the city. That's true. Oh, it is inter- it it. But it's just such a backdrop item. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like in some ways, but I guess it is kind of mean. But you just don't really know that until. Yeah, it just shows the depths that someone will go to 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 really carry out their plan yeah 
Anything else? Um, no, not really. About the score, I thought the score was pretty good. Uh, I thought it fit the mood of the movie. Um, it didn't at least catch my eye, but um, I will say the the version I was watching was a bit soft. Yeah. In the, in the audio department, so gotcha. I was having a little bit of trouble between the action scenes and the. Uh, other than a basement, there's a furnace down there, and there's a lot of background noise. And, and you're stuff. deaf. And I'm deaf and I'm <laughs> here, so I can't distinguish sounds independently, so it's a little hard for me sometimes. <laughs> Understandable. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I have, unless you had anything. Oh, yeah. Actually, just one other thing was there's, I'm not saying exactly who or what or why, but there's a suicide in this movie that was... Oh, also yeah. an crazy intense awesome scene. That was a really good scene. I can't believe I didn't like mention that yeah. before. That was it was a strange bow <laughs> yeah. on the top for the, the movie. I feel like this is a guy who the director who you can see the influences from the movies or directors that he he respected at growing up, I guess. And like I could see certain elements He's pulling from Michael Haneke or Francis Ford Coppola. Like you can just see the influences. I think he's he's done a good job. He, I guess, just needs to keep developing. Yeah, he's got a massive amount of talent. I think his style is just a little bit raw. I feel like maybe yes, because all of his movies have been so different. The one is like a super talky Wall Street. Like uh, maybe he's just trying to learn all stage play. Yeah. The next one is a completely silent <laughs> survival movie, and then this one's like a period piece gangster type deal. Like he has, it seems like he has so many ideas running through his head that he can't even get them on film fast enough. You know, so, seems yeah. ambitious. Yeah, that's a good thing. What would you give it? Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half because I do think. The movie does the things it does well. It does really well. Yes, I think that absolutely. makes up for most anything else. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I would also give it a, a heavy seven and a half. Okay, not quite good enough for an eight, but scraping that surface. Um, let's move on to the film club segment. Do the right thing. Directed by Spike Lee, a classic New York City filmmaker. He tends to use the city scape in all of his movies. This movie is about a guy named Mookie, right? Is that his name? Yeah, Mookie. Uh, played by Spike Lee himself. Yeah. He works at an Italian restaurant uh, in Wiesel. Also, John Satura plays one of the employees there as uh, Sal's son. And he's best friends with another one of Sal's uh, (laughs) sons. And basically, it's just the story of the summer in New York City where you got super hot. Like one of the hottest... Yeah, it could be a most heated year. <laughs> they could name it, uh, and it basically just shows this summer where the tensions run high, and as the heat rises, so do the tensions between the racial and whatever tensions. Yeah, are just, just gonna, everything, really. Yeah, violence and it's a very and so on and so forth. Natural movie in that respect. That is just about a bunch of people's lives. Yeah. It's about New York, really. Like, yeah. you know, like the actual city. Mm-hmm. Or at least this What's portion. The, Brooklyn, right? Is that what it it's was? either Brooklyn or Harlem. I can't remember. One of the boroughs. 
Or was it just either way? Um, now, expectation-wise, I've heard nothing but great things about this. I heard it's probably Spike Lee's best movie, yeah. uh, and he has quite a few good ones. Um, yeah, I figured this was a slam dunk to do for this topic of New York City movies. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird that I had actually seen this movie. I just didn't know what it was called. I saw it on TV one day. When you first told me about it, I was yeah. ready to watch it. And then the second I started it, I was like, wow, I've actually seen this whole movie. <laughs> and what did you think? I really like it. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. So many great characters. It's funny. It's a little serious. It's, yeah. It's got such it's a weird... heavy sometimes. Weird vibe to it. Like, I almost got a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah. vibe from it. Like, the, at the... But at the same time, it does have some heft, and it is also darkly funny. It just, but the main thing for me is so many great actors. Before they were Samuel big Jackson's actors, too, yeah, it? like Samuel Jackson, Martin Lawrence, Spike Lee, John Turturro, <laughs> like just all these character actors, and or even more than character actors in certain cases, but so many different characters, like uh, Radio Rahim, yeah, great character. So it's like Rocket Raccoon, Radio Rain. Yeah. The double R's. Uh, Smiley is like this <laughs> mentally challenged white guy. Uh, Sal, the sons. Like, it just, every character has such even a Even the Asian guy at the market. and Yeah, and even um, the guy that played in Breaking Bad, the bad guy, uh, Carlo Esposito. Uh, yeah. Gus Gustavo Fring he played in Breaking Bad completely different character <laughs> he's just like this angry guy that is constantly going off on everybody I think one of the things the movie was trying to do like with it's humor and then it's seriousness is that just in these parts in the cities it can go from happy go lucky party to the cops came in people down yeah it's like serious especially the cops was so wildly different from one scene to another yeah the reactions I don't know if it's like, saying like that the heat is getting to everybody or just that their mood will persuade how they react to any given situation yeah like one of my favorite scenes uh when the guy in the convertible mm-hmm. is trying to drive by, he's like, don't spray that water yeah that's probably my favorite scene in the movie but the cops there they're like yeah, two black guys, huh? Yeah, I like that was hilarious. The way he's taking down notes, like Mo and Joe. What were the hey, Mo and Joe? What? I don't know. They were black. Black. So they were brothers. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, and then they were just like, "You better get out of here for these fine people." And then so by the end of the movie, head. they're freaking strangling people and like killing them. Yeah, for like really heightening the situation more than it even has to. Yeah, be. it was. That's. That was crazy to me. I mean, I know that happens, but yeah. it was just a scuffle, really. Yeah. Between, like, four guys, and then they just pick one of the guys up. Oh, hell, breaks loose. And Sal, they, they didn't even do anything to him. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. he was kind of on the bottom, but still. <laughs> it's it. And it just reminds me of, did you ever see Fruitvale Station from a year or two ago? No. That's about that uh, BART station uh, incident. Oh, uh, Okay. They, that kind of reminded me of that, how the cop yeah. just lost just, it and shot the guy. You just can't do that shit, man. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Um, but yeah, but even the characters, 
so distinct. Like the old guy that's always drinking on the curb. Like yeah, like, every I like single character, character had their own. Like they were, it was almost like cartoon characters. They were so finely sketched, you know, <laughs> so distinctive. Loved yeah, it. I felt like every character, like, kind of represented a different diversity, you know, yeah. a different type of person. It's a complete melting pot, New York City. Yeah, <laughs> and they really got that across. I'd like the, even the drug guy. I love how his character evolves. Like, he just seems annoying and kind of wise, but drunk. Yeah, <laughs> and then throughout the movie, he just kind of becomes more and more like a voice of reason mm-hmm. and then like, the right thing. yeah <laughs> and then she likes him I think and, you know, yeah like after yep um let's see everybody hates everybody in this movie <laughs> yeah. there's that scene where like John Totoro and Mookie are kind of all they're like in an argument and all of a sudden it just shows like a camera zoomed in on uh, their face like saying racial slurs <laughs> to each other yeah like and then it shows all of a sudden the Chinese guy saying something about the Puerto Rican and then the Puerto Rican like it just goes to show like everybody has these prejudices and everybody just hates everybody I like how they completely he Spike Lee completely gets like as the thermometer rises so do the tensions I really like that yeah everything just keeps not like this something like this couldn't happen if it wasn't hot but yeah it just had this effect where like the hotter it got, the hotter it got. Yeah. That was cool. Um, Sal, very interesting character. Yeah. His his entire business is located directly in the all-black neighborhood. <laughs> he refuses to to pander to that crowd. Like, you should, come on, pay some respect to <laughs> yeah. who's paying, keeping you in business and paying your bills. Like, refuses to put, like, even one picture of a black artist up. It's all Elvis or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. That was... John Travolta. Yeah, of all people. This uh, um, character was kind of cool. As much as you wanted to hate him, he wasn't completely unredeemable either. No, so, no, he had his, you know, his own pluses and minuses. And I do like how the neighborhood, as much as everyone doesn't kind of get along when, like, the cops show up or something happens. Yeah. It's sort of like in Revenge of the Nerds where it's... There, there are nerds right you know but every character that's the greatest part about this movie is that every character is like that none of the characters are perfect completely good and none of them are like evil completely bad like they all have their yeah, pluses just, and minuses people, you know? yeah and um I like the fact that one of Sal's sons is best friends with Mookie and the other one hates him yeah kind of how it goes it, sometimes. It sounds, does seem to be that, like, kind of the firstborn, if he's a little bit older, be more like dad, more like, like the younger, dad. younger yeah. one will be more like... Independent. The time. Like yeah. The times, yeah. More, you know? Yeah, and I, yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole much plot to the movie. I just enjoyed it's, watching yeah, this it's movie. It's sort of like a... Like, like some, even like Friday, where it's just about a particular couple days or a day. Yeah, or a summer, or, yeah, yeah, a set just, amount of time. Yeah, how it builds and all. But even stylistically, like, some weird stuff, like in the beginning of the movie when there's like this jazz or rap music playing. And <laughs> yeah, and the it's dancing. Just, it's like a 30 second music video, basically, <laughs> of uh, that one actress. I apologize for not knowing the name yet. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's a lot clearly, of good stuff. you know who she is from things. Oh, and what was she? Like, she's like Hispanic of yeah. some sort. Yeah. Uh, 
apologize, but actually a fan. And Radio Raheem just constantly playing the <laughs> fight the He's pal. one of my uh, favorite fight characters. The pal. <laughs> constantly blaring it. Just walks in and turns it to 11. And <laughs> <laughs> just oh, such a big guy, he can't do nothing about yeah. it. And then Smiley, who's just constantly sketching Martin Luther King and Malcolm X or whatever. <laughs> so weird. I like so when they open the fire hydrant and they're pulling everyone into it. Smiley's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I thought it was a really fun movie that got a lot of great ideas at the same time. Yeah. It was, for the type of movie, it's crazy well made. Yeah. Yes. And it actually grew on me afterwards, too. Like, just thinking back. Like, man, that was good. Yeah. It's a good summer flick. Yeah. Like, if you ever kind of like, it's a hot day outside and you want to go outside, it'd be a good one to watch. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's not like breaking my top 100 or anything. Man. I don't know. Maybe just if I would have seen it sooner. I mean, it is kind of 25 years old. Yeah, it might have grown with you a little bit more. Nostalgia is it? 35 years old. Wow. Because, wait, is was 19, was 1989? Never mind. That's what nah, it was 89. I thought it was 81. I'm thinking of Most Violent Year, 1989. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I would give it a heavy eight and a half. I loved it. Yeah, I'll uh, yeah, give it an eight. Nice. Was, <laughs> I don't know. It, I'm, I have a hard time rating movies like that sometimes. Because you, you compare it against other movies and... Yeah, yeah, ratings in general, they're tough. Yeah. Because you don't know. It's just, I just go with gut instinct. Yeah. And then, I'm sure I'll change my mind at some point, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so let's get into the top five, which is New York City movies. Now, if you didn't know before, a lot of great movies take place in New York City. <laughs> yeah, I and it a makes really sense. hard time. It makes sense. It's probably the United States' most iconic city, at least as far as, like, from looks. Yeah. And I think when, I mean, you think about the Statue of Liberty generally. Yeah. Or the United States. Just all the, t- the buildings. The buildings in general. The Empire State The bridge, the Lincoln and, Tunnel, whatever. Yeah. You know. But, so easy to just, if you need a city, eh, stick them in New York. Yeah. When I did this, I sort of, it's not strictly by genre, but I tried to give the best of a certain type of movie a spot. Yeah, actually, um, I'd say, like, nine movies in my top 100 were in New York, took place in New York City, so all five are probably in my top 60 or up. Alright. So, uh, Uh, yeah, I mean... What's your number five? Number five, forgive me if this isn't exactly New York City, but Batman Returns. Yes, well, Gotham City. Gotham Gotham is New York, I look at. Analogous for... But, I mean, if you really want to argue with that, Spider-Man. The first Spider-Man movie, that's New York City. Definitely New York. So, that's, uh, with a lot of my list, there's kind of two movies in the same spot where they're kind of exactly the same genre. (laughs) And both of those are great calls. Batman Returns, when we just texted the other day. Yeah. That is a seriously underrated movie. Tim Burton... Man, he really makes the Penguin disgusting. Dan, yeah. Danny DeVito is great. Just and a I, great movie. Catwoman um, is great. Yeah, Catch. Wow, I forgot. She is smoking hot back <laughs> in the day. Uh, and was even, that Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, I think so. Michael Keaton. Michael great, Keaton's awesome. He's a great Batman. Batman. Yeah. yeah. 
Probably second best after Christian Bale. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I was surprised how well that movie held up. Yeah, I, I recently. I actually would watch. As a kid, I watched that like ten times, and I only saw the first Batman once. I remember being slightly scared of that Batman movie because, like, the Penguin, Christopher Walken. He's always <laughs> creepy. Yeah. <laughs> What's the Penguin? He bites off someone's nose. Or yep. something doesn't he it's like yes, kind he of does. gruesome <laughs> and like the blood is all black and sludgy yeah yeah nasty another nasty movie but for a different reason it's my number five Requiem for a Dream oh man that's actually one of my favorite movies yeah that I didn't think about for this list it's amazing um just obviously as we talked about it on film club segment last year with Casey it's about these four different characters who all are addicted to drugs. Each yeah. one has their own specifics and how it reacts, and just a great <laughs> precautionary tale against uh, drug addiction and uh, abuse. Yeah, and even like with his mother. And yeah, all his mom gets addicted to diet pills because she wants to get on TV <laughs> on a game show or something. So it just shows like it's not just thugs in the city or. Or junkies that can get addicted to this stuff. Anybody can get addicted to them for yeah. whatever reason. Anything yeah. is dangerous. I've seen that movie well over fifty times. Yeah, it's and the stylistically, I love yeah. the. the I would, that's one director I've been so disappointed. Darren Aronofsky. With. Yeah. Why I still love him. I mean, Black Swan was pretty good, but I didn't like. What was that movie before that? The Wrestler. Oh no, I forgot about the rest of it to be completely honest with you. No, there was one that was like Noah, a love I story Noah that went through time. Oh, I didn't like The Fountain. Yeah. That's, that's the only true. movie of his that I haven't liked. I haven't seen that. I actually was greatly surprised by that. Hmm. But I, I guess I've always wanted another Requiem for a Dream type of Very stylized. Yeah. Like he that. really uses a lot of cut shots, uh, split screen, everything. Just... Yeah. And I love the music. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That score but might be the best score of all time. Yeah, yeah. it's used. Actually, you you probably know it in don't Major know. League Baseball commercials. Yeah. Actually, uh, I remember <laughs> NFL used to use yeah. it with Ray Lewis and all of them. It's really awesome. Number four. Number four is a a dead tie. Okay. Um, <laughs> between Wall Street and Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, I see what you're doing there. Um, like, not even just because they're kind of the same genre, but I love both those movies. Well, I think Wolf of Wall Street will be kind of a classic. Uh, it's an honorable mention for me. It's in Wall my top Street, one. Gordon Gecko. That's all you really have to say about the entire movie. It's yeah. incredible performance. It's too bad the sequel is complete trash. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because when it came out, it was about something that was very relevant. And the only thing I did like about the second one is it's the actual amount of time from the second, from the first yeah. movie. Like, he's that's, actually... That script was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. But the first one's really good. I the, caught the first up to it amazing. later. Um, Charlie Sheen's great. So is from, uh, Michael Douglas. My number four, speaking of Darren Aronofsky, and of Black Swan, that's my number four. I like it even more than Requiem for a Dream. All right. I just love the psychological horror elements. Uh, again, the style that he uses to really convey her mental state of mind as she's going through this process. Just love it. I love the story. I love everything about it. I've seen it once, but not 
with my full attention, so I couldn't mm-hmm. really. I I just I don't know what else to say. I've talked about it a lot on here before. Um, Natalie Portman, not never been the biggest fan of hers, but she's awesome in this movie. Um, I like Vincent Cassell as like the teacher, but mainly it's just the direction of the movie that he really when he he can really portray a mood in his movies like he gets across his point of view 100% All right. number three number three I'm giving to a comedy alright which is half baked alright it's a cheesy movie I know but it's just of it's particular genre it's sort of what everyone kind of tries to copy it's a classic it is a classic and I got a lot of nostalgia with it you know kind of middle school and stuff watching a lot it's, I don't know, it's kind of a, one of those first kind of quotable movies. Very Without cool. being an actual quote movie. You <laughs> fuck know. you, fuck you, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. And Dave Chappelle eventually blew up. And... Jim Brewer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I haven't seen it in a long time, but I've, I probably saw it maybe 20 times growing up. And again, like I said, I'm trying to do genres a little here. I know you can't really compare Goodfellas to or you know what I mean or yeah. half baked like The Godfather but <laughs> yeah it's tough <laughs> my number three is Raging Bull the Martin Scorsese movie starring Robert De Niro as the, the boxer Jake LaMotta yeah I haven't actually seen this one it's on my to watch list fantastic movie <laughs> showing the destructive personality and why he was successful in the ring but he really took that anger and uh and all that outside of the ring as well. Um, such a confident person inside the boxing ring was so completely insecure outside. Like his his wife, he's constantly worried she's cheating on him. And just a great movie um, through time periods. Black and white cinematography is great. It's I believe it's the first performance from uh, Joe Pesci. Right. And he's really good in it. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. Is it, uh, is it Scorsese? Yep. Yeah, that's where I. That's why it's on my list. Yeah. I read about it. What's your number two? My number two, I'm giving to Kids. Yeah, that's a dark movie. Kind of um, do the right thing, but the darker version of that movie, younger version of that movie. <laughs> that it's movie. crazy. It's a. Uh, it's. Black for Better Turn is kind of a mindfuck movie in a little bit of a way. Yeah. Rosario Dawson, super young. Yeah. And I, I like how it makes you uncomfortable. The way some Super uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a feel good, like, oh, maybe I feel like watching kids. It's like, it's not an easy movie to watch all the time, but. A kid straight up <laughs> rapes a girl in her sleep. And gives her AIDS. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Crazy. Insane. Well, isn't it... Some kid convinces her to have sex with oh, her. Oh, yeah. But... And it's her first time, and she gets AIDS. And then when she's looking yeah. for him throughout the movie, she finally gets to this party, and she passes out, and some kid rapes her. And he gets... Well, it doesn't play yeah. out. So I, Something crazy happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's just spreading AIDS around, like, willy-nilly. Yeah, it's it's a crazy movie. 
Sort of uh, reminds me a little bit of the Basketball Diaries. It's like drugs and... God, it man, that's another great movie. Very realistic. Yeah. Very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> My number two? Not quite as realistic. It's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original. Damn close. 1989. Yeah. As far as Ninja Turtle movies go, I think it is the most realistic, but... <laughs> Uh, I've talked about it a ton. It is um, just one one of my. It's probably my favorite movie of all time, but on my top one hundred, I think it's only like number thirteen or something. Oh, okay. Um, the music, the style, the humor. It captures the time period really well too. Yeah, I mean, one of the best superhero, if you consider them superheroes, movies like comic book movies. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's. Got, I've rewatched it recently. It still has a really fun vibe to it. It it holds up, in my opinion. I mean, I think it's funny, decent action. At least it's practical effects, it's not CGI. You know. Yeah, I love that. Rest but, in peace, Jeremy Henson. Seriously. The second one. I love the second one too. To be completely honest, second with one's you. It's a not lot of fun. quite as good as the first, but no. The second one's a lot of fun. Third one's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but it still has. I actually like the story premise, kind of for the third one, but it's not the the turtles don't look good and it just script's isn't. bad. Yeah. It's I don't understand how the turtles look progressively worse in each movie <laughs> when uh, technology is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten better. <laughs> What's your number one? My number one, I'm going to give. Slightly a stretch on the location is Goodfellas. It's honorable mention for me. It's technically Jersey, but Jersey, it, it's the one. suburb Staten of Island. New York. So. Yeah. So that's Scorsese again. Yeah, it's. It might be my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. So. I've only seen it once or twice, but it I've, is awesome. Yeah, I've seen it like. It's one of the. I've seen it seriously probably over 75 times. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was one of, when I moved to Ocean City, I burned a bunch of movies, my favorite movies, and that was one of them. Also, not quite related, Lord of War. I've seen that up there, too, for whatever <laughs> reason. It was just one of the only working discs I had for a while. Solid Nicolas Cage movie? Yeah, pretty good. Um, my number one is a movie that I just caught up on last year after... So many years of everyone telling me it's the greatest movie of all time. And I, I agree. It's pretty <laughs> much up there. Top three for me. It's The Godfather. Yeah. I, it's it's incredible. I I have a hugely hard time deciding which one I like best. It's generally, I have to consider it. It probably, if we were doing best series... Of movies about well, New York, it would absolutely be my number one. But <laughs> it was too hard for me to pick even. That's I why I gave it to Goodfellas. The Godfather for me is a perfect movie. I can't believe it took me so long day to <laughs> sit down and watch it. Um, I well, don't I know. People think about it like before they see it, they think it's going to be boring. Yeah, I did. I was scared to watch it because I just remember when I was a kid when I would see like bits and pieces. Yeah, it's... was I'd always remember the wedding. And that, to me, was super boring as a kid, seeing it for five minutes. And I'm like, oh my god, what is this bullshit? Just like Gettysburg. You know, my yeah. dad would watch Gettysburg and go, like, Jesus Christ. That, 
It is a good movie, but that is so I st- slow. I still haven't sat down and watched that straight through. I don't know if I ever will. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's like four hours or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but The Godfather, if you haven't seen it, trust me, take the plunge. Even if you don't think it's one of the best movies of all time, it's certainly... So are you just talking the first Godfather yes, movie? Yes, the first one. Um, Get into more details. Uh, I think I like the second one better, but... We'll talk about it. We got a... Top five trilogies coming up in a couple okay. weeks. So might yeah. might be making a reappearance. There. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, any honorable mentions? Uh, no. Like I said, I kind of cheated and I put uh, Donnie Brasco. Actually, yeah, I'll put that on my honorable mentions. Yeah, I had Goodfellas, The Wolf of Wall Street, Donnie Brasco, Twenty Fifth Hour, a Spike Lee movie. Uh, Edward Norton. He has. He's about to go to jail, and he has so much time left before he has to go to trial or whatever. Hmm. And it's just like his last hours before that happens. Uh, Inside Man, Spike Lee again. <laughs> uh, you've seen it, I'm sure. Clive Owen. Yeah. You break I think into I have. the the bank, and it's about the negotiations oh, yeah, between Denzel yeah, yeah. Washington and great movie. American Psycho with Christian Bale. Jeez. North by Northwest. Shame with Michael Fassbender, Catch Me If You Can, The Squid and the Whale, Rosemary's Baby, Cloverfield, Ghostbusters, and Do the Right Thing. Jeez. It's a lot of good ones. <coughs> yeah. I had to cut it off at a certain point. I probably could have went on even more, but what can you do? Um, what else did you watch this week? Did you um, get a chance to watch anything? No, I mean, between Game of Thrones and me working, uh, it worked a little bit more, I went away. Like we said, for a couple of days. Yeah. I'm a little behind on. Well, let's talk about Game of Thrones premiere then. We both watched it. Alright. Uh, episode one aired Sunday. It was pretty good, I thought. Yeah. More of the same. Picked up right where it left yeah, off. Yeah, I, I did like that. It definitely picked up right where it left yeah. off the last season. I mean, like we were talking about before, it's just typical Game of Thrones. It takes the first half of the season kind of... Slowly build, sets up the chess pieces for the second half to just go crazy and kill a bunch of people. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be doing the same thing again. Yeah. But I I am definitely looking forward to this season. They are past the best book in the series. I'm a huge book reader, obsessed with those books, love them to death. They're getting into scary territory now where they're running out of real estate. <laughs> I'm, I know it's been talked about to death, but as a book reader... For me, I'm still going to watch the show because, as they've already proven with the first episode, they are going to drastically change things from the book. Yeah, they're, they're cutting stuff completely thing. out. They're doing things completely different. And I hope they do things more different. The more different, the better for me. Because then it's like I can enjoy the show for the show and the books for the books. I'm sure the broad strokes will be remain the same. But from my enjoyment from the books is the details and how it gets there and Okay, if I know a certain thing is going to happen, doesn't mean it's going to happen exactly the same way in the book. Yeah. So I can enjoy each for themselves, and I, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, and at least Grimm's not going to be in the next part of the next season, so he can. I think um, he, I have a feeling. Finish up the book. There's two more books. Well, yeah. Well, finish <laughs> the up next the one. next one. And... I have a feeling it's going to come out at the very end of this year, or like by spring of next year. No, he said it won't come out this year at all. No, he didn't say it. It's just not on the publisher's 
list. I he thought, said, yeah, well, it's never on their list until it's ready to come out. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he hasn't even ruled it out for this year. Hmm. He's canceled his appearances at all conventions for this year because he just wants to hunker down. To me, that says he's... That's good. I was getting a little worried. He seemed to enjoy the spotlight a lot. And who can blame him? Yeah, and I, I don't, I'm not blaming the guy. He, I'm not one of these guys. kind of for a while. I hear so. a lot of fans of the books that are like, man, what is he doing? He's wasting, He needs to just sit down and write these books for... for yeah, well, it doesn't work well, like that. Dude, it's his work. <laughs> <laughs> like, he can do whatever he wants. He's going to write the books at his own pace, at his own time. He wants to enjoy some fame that he earned from writing this great series, then let him. Yeah. He had to put a lot of hard work You know, he's going to do it. And I know from drawing and all, like, I cannot really do anything when some I'm being forced to or if I'm bored. Yeah. It might sound weird, but when I'm bored, I can't be creative. So I'm to sure me, that is the same with writing. I respect George R. R. Martin a lot. Yeah. I know he might be full of himself, but he kind of should be because he's made one of the best books series of all time yeah. man. and it's been adapted well to TV which says a lot a lot of books kind of and really the timeline if you look at after the third book the time between books has been longer than it even is now so it's just yeah. what it is that's his pace that's how he, I'd rather him take long and get it right than just rush out rush it crap. out yeah but he has released re-released a lot of stuff that wasn't available this year I was reading like some prequel stuff and then he like some stuff a, that kind of led into him making yeah Duncan Egg novellas he, he, he's always writing all kinds of stuff it's all good I even read his uh, Tough Voyaging book and I uh, really enjoyed that as well that's like a science fiction type mm -hmm. thing that I could see being turned into a movie or TV series that's cool um, the only th I haven't watched any movies this week at all because <laughs> Daredevil, Daredevil, Daredevil. That's all I've been watching. Came out on Netflix on Friday. All 13 episodes at once. I've, I'm up to episode 11 now. Yeah. I was hoping to finish the whole season before the episode, but watched the first 10 episodes. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I started watching it one night when I, I had a hard time sleeping. I think, I'm pretty sure I finished the whole first episode, but... I was kind of zonking in and out throughout the I whole think thing. I'm just so happy because I was a big fan of Daredevil when I was reading comics. And it, as it turns out, the run that I was reading, when that zone that I was reading comic <laughs> books, just and Daredevil was among them, just so happened to be like what they're pulling for the show. Like oh, the cool. Bendis run is what I read, and that's mainly what this is being based off of. So I'm really connecting. It's bringing back a lot of memories from reading like these certain stories and characters, and they're doing such a great job with it. It's I think it's easily the best superhero adaptation for television ever. I mean, I enjoyed the first episode. It seemed like uh, the bits and pieces I was seeing, the acting was pretty great. Great acting. Um, but mine was the opposite. Like I didn't like Daredevil, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't big in the comics. Ben Affleck may have left a little bit of a bad taste. I have, that movie is a guilty pleasure for me. I don't, think it's, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's terrible, but I haven't seen it in a while. I remember thinking Colin, Colin Farrell did a great job as Bullseye. I just—it's obviously goofy and campy, but I thought it was okay. Yeah. <clears throat> 
But, but I am looking forward to watching the show. The action is amazing. Really? There is a scene at the end of the second episode where it's all in one shot, the hallway action sequence where it's like Daredevil versus 30 random guys. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's like, did you ever see The Raid? Uh, no. Action movie that the action rivals uh, scenes from the raid in that in that part, and I think the action is great in general. Great character development. Kingpin is a great villain, uh, mm. played by Vincent D'Onofrio very well. You don't even see him until I think the very end of episode three or something like mm. that. It's a slow build. I'm expecting the final three episodes to be great. Sweet. Like he doesn't even have his his outfit. Now is this something they're going to be like continuing more than likely, well, or what it is? More of a is miniseries. There's 13 episodes for Daredevil. They're contracted to five series with Netflix and Marvel. Uh, okay. First 13 episodes is Daredevil. The next is AKA Jessica Jones, who's another street level fighter. Then it's Luke Cage, another street level superhero. Iron Fist. And then the fifth series will be the Defenders with all them, all those guys teaming up together to like uh, the street level Avengers, basically. Gotcha. I think it's going to be awesome, especially after this first series. My faith is completely restored. Like Agents of Shield, I watched three episodes and I couldn't yeah, keep yeah, up. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. Agent Carter was okay. Wasn't bad for a little short uh, mini series, but it was kind of dull. I thought. Yeah. And. I don't watch Arrow or, or The Flash or anything like that. But I haven't seen other ones. But you know, I think it could be really cool because you could see Daredevil pop up in a Marvel movie for a cameo or because they're all connected. The Marvel. Oh, uh, so they're this gonna, is, they it's even, connected for the Oh, it's hundred percent connected. They nice. even like say they make little mentions like, "Man, this place hasn't been the same since the incident in New York." Or. Huh. Unless you have a hammer or a suit of iron, <laughs> you know, they'll make little references. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like I said, Daredevil doesn't even have his patented red suit for a long time. Um, he's just wearing, like, all black clothes and a black mask. Oh, uh, yeah. At times, you forget he's blind. <laughs> and then when you remember, you're like, oh, man, this makes it even more amazing what he's doing. <laughs> And they really get across his powers really good. They integrate flashbacks pretty well, almost like Lost, um, to show his backstory and and all that stuff. I think I just think it's so well done. I love it. Definitely. The only other thing it. is they should change the name to Marvel's Blind Batman because <laughs> that's basically what he is. <laughs> He's so Batman, but he can't see. But I love it. <clears throat> Alright, let's get on to Prejudgment Day for this week. Dun, dun, dun. There's a lot of stuff this week. Um, I don't know why there was a bunch of trailers released, but let's talk about them. Yeah. First, we have the new Terminator Genesis trailer, which I don't know how we should handle this going forward, but we haven't talked about any of these Terminator Genesis trailers, because this is like the third trailer they've released. Yeah, it's the first one I've really noticed. I know there. I think the first one was a little... I don't know. Sure, Do you think we like should that. handle it going forward? Like, just that for first trailer for a movie or for everyone, well, depending on how big they are? I think sometimes the first trailer is, like, uh, well, in terms of Jurassic, the new Jurassic Park, the first trailer is, like, CGI and all yeah. is horrible. 
compared to I think there are three trailers in now. Mm-hmm. So I guess it just is a case by case yeah, basis. I guess because sometimes the first one is just like a teaser. Yeah. And then which Jimmer's I like let's, best. But. Let's do it like the uh the first full trailer. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I or know. I don't know, I guess see if there's anything new worth talking about. Yeah. But as for the Terminator Genesis trailer, this uh this movie's getting a lot of crap. People say it looks terrible. No faith in it. This trailer gave away a lot. Yeah, I was surprised. Spoiler alerts. I'm not even going to talk about the specifics of what's going on in the trailer because it seems like, whoa, I can't believe they just gave that away. But this was the best trailer of the bunch, I thought, for this for this movie. Yeah, I actually, I'm not a huge fan of the Terminators. I don't dislike the older ones, but not something that... It's not like aliens to me or anything like that. See, but, I mean, it caught my eye. It seemed interesting, you know what I mean? Like, I don't... I, I'm almost the opposite. I love the first two Terminator movies. Um, Terminator 3 is eh, not that great. Terminator Salvation I liked more than most people did. This, it doesn't look good to me. It has so many warning signs of like old Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah. Well, any trailer that gives away that much, it's, it's usually saying a bad like sign. yeah. It seems to be a bad sign. Like, please see our movie. Look, <laughs> we're showing you. That's what I used to tell my dad. Like he was starting to be interested in like investing and stuff, and he, not like seriously like investing, but video games is something he was interested in because I was, and I was like, well. Pretty much, if a video game's advertised a lot, it's probably going to suck. Because if it was good enough, people are going to know it's good. Yeah. They don't have to advertise that much. But yeah. it's sort of how I feel about this trailer. They're giving away so much to get Daenerys, you. Daenerys Targaryen, his uh, Sarah Connor. Yeah, I like um, the guy. Uh, the one actor that plays what's her son? Yeah, John Connor. I think what's his name? Michael Clark. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. As an actor. Yeah. yeah, he was good. At, he's been good in a lot of things, like Zero Dark Thirty and um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I think he's in this show called Brotherhood that me and your dad were watching oh, for yeah. a while. Cool. I mean, I saw potential in this trailer. There seemed like there could be some decent action. Hopefully it's a case where everyone thinks it's going to suck and then it ends yeah. up being really good. I, I see the best case scenario as it being an average action movie. I see the worst cases of being one of the biggest blockbuster bombs, bombs of all time. Ever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and move on to the the Ant Man trailer, the first full tra- length trailer for this movie. Uh, the yeah, latest, I saw the teaser before. I think. Yeah, the latest Marvel movie coming out in July. It is the first Phase Three Marvel film following Avengers: Age of Ultron. Starring Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, Michael Douglas as old guy, and <laughs> Yellow Jacket, the villain. What'd you think of this? Um, it looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really <laughs> I've never really heard of Ant-Man before, but I mean, it seems to have a really good balance in uh, humor and action. Like, um, Seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like, almost like this what was the most recent movie? Gardens of the yeah, Galaxy. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I loved that movie. Yeah, me too. And I like the end of the. Uh, are we going over the trailer that much? Like, yeah, I, we can I love the end 
That was a trailer with uh, Thomas uh, train yeah, set. Yeah, that was amazing. With the <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought it looked like a ton of fun. It looked, it actually, I laughed out loud. I did like during two or three times in the yeah. trailer. I but, like her say, I need you. Well, I'll do anything. My, uh, day, <laughs> my days of breaking into places and stealing things are over. Well, I need you to break into a place and steal some things. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> or something like that. I love yeah. Paul Rudd. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, I love his delivery comedy. <laughs> yeah. And I think he'd do good as uh, an action star. Just like he had a little bit of action scenes that, like, they show him breaking into a house. Mm -hmm. It looked awesome. Like, yeah, the action looked good. The comedy looked good. Marvel, we're on a roll. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, let's move on to Joe Dirt Two. We're going in a completely different direction here. Yeah. Um, this is not even going to be in theaters. This is exclusive to Crackle.com. Fooling uh, feature movie. Ooh. Streaming. That's not a good from, sign. This is. Crackle trying to compete with Netflix with Joe Dirt 2. I did not really care for the first Joe Dirt very much. Really? I, I do like the first one, but I never this got looks it. really bad. Yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never understood why people like Joe Dirt so much. And uh, I feel like this, this is one a David is... Spade cash grab, <laughs> yeah. if I've ever seen This one. is going to justify my, my feelings, <laughs> I feel like. And I'm... I'm not trying to hate on Crackle. I actually kind of like their service for what it is. Like, it, it's not oh, Netflix, I mean, hey. but I like that it's free. I can deal with watching commercials here and there. Yeah. I mean, good well, for I get them. bored with Netflix every so often. I hop on it. And... Good for them to try something. I mean, yeah. What's it hurting? Yeah. Um, I'm sure it'll have a, a certain audience. People that like the first one, I'm sure, will at least check it out. If they know what Crackle is. Yeah. It's, the only thing with Crackle is it does have a lot of... Especially the stuff that's specifically for them. It's a lot of B and C level movies. Although they do have a decent amount of classics on their list for free. Yeah, I've checked it out a time or two. And it's not There's bad. usually like five or six solid movies on and their for free, list. For free, what can for you free, say? You yeah. know. So. And I feel like it would almost be better if you had a small payment and they could get some better stuff. But I, I think they have some sort of thing like that but yeah. I'm not quite yeah. sure how it works well, let's move on to some trailers for TV shows there's a pair of HBO shows coming out at the same time as True Detective Season 2 one of them is Ballers starring <laughs> uh, The Rock Dwayne The Rock Johnson where he's like a sports agent from the creators of Entourage if you couldn't tell from the trailer <laughs> um, what'd you think? It it looks like it could be entertaining. I like The Rock a lot. He looks like he could be a really good charismatic uh, lead for a TV show. But the whole topic could go either way. Yeah. It seems like in any good movie about the... Well, not about the NFL, about football. Yeah. seems to get shot down because of... It's either they the can't use the NFL... And it makes it seem cheap, or they use the NFL, and it's got to be all lollipops. Yeah. The only great thing was Playmakers. Remember that? Yeah. One and season. And it literally got canceled. On ESPN, of all places, was so good. And what is it? He What's he do? Like a line of coke or something on the show? Well, there's was... a lot of stuff. There's like one guy, he his teammates find out he's gay, so they start beating him up. And practice. like It really goes into some deep shit, like yeah. guy cheating on his wife, doing guy doing drugs. 
It was an awesome show. Yeah, I remember that. I only saw a few episodes, but I remember really enjoying it. Yeah, but this this looks like it could be fun. I'm going to try it out. It, anything that comes out on HBO, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. Because they tend to make quality stuff. And if they're going to put it out there at the same time as True Detective, I might as well watch that whole block. <laughs> yeah. So, same goes for the other show, The Brink, which is like a political comedy with... Tim Robbins and Jack Black. It looks like a mix of Veep and the newsroom, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it looked pretty funny. I, I think it might be the better show of the two. It could go either way. I like but, Veep a lot. Um, I think Veep's pretty darn funny. Jack Black seems like he's pretty funny in it. Tim Robbins actually seems pretty yeah. funny. Uh, it, it seems to be that it's easier to make fun of hard topics make laughs about it so I feel like they're going to have a lot of opportunities yeah Thing, one of the things I like about HBO is I like seeing movie stars in a TV role yeah and it seems like HBO gets that like with Matthew McConaughey William Harrell Woody Harrelson <laughs> for True Detective and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and now Jack Black for these two shows it's pretty cool yeah and lastly we have Scream the TV series coming out on MTV in June yeah. Um, <laughs> you sound pumped. Uh, well, I mean, actually, the trailer didn't look all that bad. But... It looked like a perfect fit for MTV. Yeah. It, MTV doesn't, I feel like, have a very good track record with TV shows. Teen Wolf? <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Uh, awkwardness or ridiculousness? What? No, there's one show that actually got pretty decently critical. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I have heard of... Um, a handful of shows being popular, but they don't seem to maintain, or, I don't know. I'm sure... I'm trying to think of what show I'm thinking of, specifically, but... I, it's been a long time since I've really watched MTV, though. Yeah, I actually watch it more than I'd care to admit, because Sam likes Teen Mom, so we watch that. Yeah. Uh, um, some other stuff, that like Catfish, we watch Catfish together. I'm sure we'll watch this. We'll at least try it. It seemed like um, a good mix of taking that Scream idea and putting it on TV. Like, the first thing they say is, oh, a slasher movie could never work as a TV series. Like, <laughs> I like the self-referential. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I kind of like the idea of Scream movies better than I actually kind of like the movies themselves. But It seemed like the drama, though, was pretty typical MTV drama. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. But I mean, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I stopped watching MTV when I realized their music video wasn't coming. <laughs> I, I was never into music videos, so... Uh, I don't know. I, the only thing... I just remember watching MTV in the morning before I went to school, just because of music yeah. in the background. But Remember that show Undressed they used to have? Yeah, maybe that was a show I was trying to think of. It got really popular for a little while. It wasn't that bad. It's like... A station that a middle schooler will watch because he thinks he's or he or she is being edgy and cool. You yeah, know? like and something you, that you think you shouldn't be watching. <laughs> yeah, you, but you can somehow. All right. Well, that's all for the trailer. It's just a couple of news items. Um, Michelle McLaren was supposed to direct Wonder Woman, and now she's not. Ooh. Creative differences. Yeah, she's a great director. She directed episodes of Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. 
people were excited. I was excited to see her take a crack at a, a movie or a superhero movie at that. <clears throat> but I guess what? Seems see to what she a lot of new superhero movies. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Patty Jenkins was pulled off of Thor too for creative differences. And then wasn't it? It was a Spider-Man movie that someone turned into like a Greek Greek epic or something like that. I don't know. Oh, you didn't hear about that? Uh-uh. It was before they did the when they were rebooting it. Initially, they had, I think it was a female director, and they said after they saw what they shot, they're like, "What are you?" I never heard of. Also, uh, the person that directed Brave, I think, started out as a woman, then she got pulled off. Hmm. Crazy. Equality. <laughs> Jesus. And we might have our director for Aquaman. No, it's not James Cameron. It could be James Wan. Director of Furious 7, the Saw franchise, The Conjuring, all of them. Eh, that's not that bad. Decent directing movies. I wouldn't yeah. say I'm a big fan of most of them, but yeah, he, he this isn't confirmed, but That's some style to it. I am not much interested in Aquaman. Got Jason Momoa. I I, I don't know. Yeah. DC. I'm gonna watch all these movies, but I'm not gonna be super excited. And the last bit of news would be the Rocky Horror Picture Show is coming back to Fox. I wasn't ever. I have no idea what it is. I just have it's heard one of that those name. Things that people are either really big on or they haven't seen it. It seems like to me. But I just know the the name, but yeah. I've never seen it. So I just thought it'd be worth mentioning because anything that I've heard about and never seen is probably pretty big. Someone that I used to work with really liked it, but I I haven't watched it myself. Gotcha. Well, in theaters this weekend. Nothing could beat Furious 7 yet again as it pulled in $60 more million and is up to $800 million worldwide. Shoot. Would be a good pick if we had a spring box office trip. <laughs> but the biggest new release was probably The Longest Ride, a Nicholas Spark adaptation. Sparks. Um, the Notebook, The Vow. Oh, okay. Fucking stupid stuff like that. Okay. Uh Made $13 million. It's got Scott Eastman, Clint Eastwood's son, as the lead. Eastman. Oh. Eastwood? Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, Ex Machina came out, which is like a, a sci-fi movie starring Oscar Isaac, of all people. Uh, he's like this uh, founder of a business that's like Google that is making a machine a computer slash android machine that could pass the Turing test huh. and it's just about what does this mean and all there's like a thriller aspect to it I hear a lot of good things about it it seems so. to be a big theme lately robots kind of surpassing the point yeah where people are scared <laughs> yeah it's like third or fourth movie I've seen about the subject lately, or heard about it at least and lastly, Clouds of Sils Maria, which is a movie that's getting a lot of good uh, critical acclaim. It's just, I think it's about an actress in Hollywood. It's one of these movies that's probably really good, but when you just think of a description, it doesn't sound that interesting. Yeah. On Redbox, next week we'll be reviewing The Babadook, Babadook. which is not an Adam Sandler goofball comedy. The Babadool. Or Bob's nickname. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might take it on. 
it is a horror movie that got again a lot of rave reviews. It was on a lot of number one on critics top ten lists. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to it. And we're also going to take a look at another recent horror movie, Starry Eyes. So it's going to be a little bit of a a moose bouche episode, a little miscellaneous potpourri going on. We'll also be doing our top five most anticipated summer movies to go along with our third annual summer box office draft. Two-time reigning champion here, going to try to defend my crown yet again. We'll have a couple of surprise guests on next week, so stay tuned. Should be a good one. If you think about it, you could probably guess who they are, but I'm not (laughs) going to tell you until next week, just in case we have any cancellations. (laughs) But also coming out on Redbox is Penguins of Madagascar. I'll probably watch that, yeah. <laughs> also, Exodus, Gods and Kings, Big Eyes, and Maps to the Stars. So, some decent movies, sounds yeah. like. Um, but anyway, you can always email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter, at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter, at the Oil Report. And I'm on Twitter, at... The RBR Joel. That's right. <laughs> you could like us on Facebook. Facebook, Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher and on Letterboxd. I am at The Ordo Report. So, as always, see you next time.